Thank you, Sid. Jesus, be the center of my life. That is our prayer. That's my prayer for myself. That's our prayer for you today as we begin this new series in this new year. We want to say Happy New Year, Happy 2021 to you. I don't know uh, what you think about it, but I personally am glad to see 2020 go. Uh, Not that there's been that much changed in one 24-hour period, but when the calendar changes, there always comes, it seems, the promise and fresh faith uh, for a new start, for great opportunity, certainly for God to do something in each and every one of our lives. And so we want to thank you today for logging in to any of our various platforms that you may be observing our virtual service. We uh, are grateful for all that has been accomplished uh, scientifically, medically, for the, the vaccine that is now available and uh, being given to various sectors of the population. Hopefully by the end of the first quarter, we'll start to see a significant drop in the infection rates. And uh, we're, we're anxious to open back up again. We are tentatively, and that's an important word, we're tentatively scheduling a reopen live service, one service on Sunday morning, 10 a.m., tentatively scheduling it for the 17th of January. And a lot of that's going to depend on um, the infection rates that will come as the response of Christmas exposure. And they're saying that it's going to be worse than Thanksgiving. So it could be a week or two later, but certainly at the latest by the first week of February, we will be opening uh, back again with the requirement. We're not just going to suggest, but we're going to require folks to come in and wear masks through the duration of the service. That's from the governor of Arkansas. And we will be doing a shortened service, a total of about 45 minutes so that we can get you in and get you out of here so that you're not sitting a long time in uh, recycled air uh, with folk in a confined space. That's the difference in being in here and going to Walmart. Uh, You're in a much larger space and you're moving around. And in here, we're sitting in one spot and all breathing the same air. And so we look forward to this passing for it to be a part of our past. And this morning, I'm excited to bring to you the beginning of a new series that I'm calling Reset. We all have had uh, computer issues in the past where we've had to reboot or we've had to reset a machine, unplug it, plug it back in again. Once in a while, the electronic part, the digital electronic part on my refrigerator will go a little bit crazy. And the only way to fix it is to pull the refrigerator out from the wall, unplug it, wait a couple of minutes, plug it back up again, and then everything resets. And so it's uh, kind of like a recalibration. It's, it's like when I get my piano tuned and it's set to the standard of A440. And there have been a number due to uh, humidity and temperatures rising and falling. Sometimes there'll be various keys on my grand piano at home that'll get out of tune. And so I have to basically get it retuned. And so all of these various illustrations are basically saying the same thing about what we hope to have happen in the beginning of 2021, not only in my individual life, I have set goals. I, don't, I personally don't really do resolutions because most of the time those don't last for the vast majority of the population. But I've set goals in various important areas in my life uh, for my career, for the church, for my finances, uh, socially, my friendships, um, physical, fitness, 
health, mental health, intellectual. Set a goal to read a certain number of books this year. Uh, my prayer time, my, my read through in the Bible, journaling. Those are just a number of things that I do pretty much in the first two hours of my day in terms of my routine. And so I'm excited about the possibility and the potential and the opportunity in the new year here in 2021. And I pray that you begin this year with that same kind of perspective. This series is called Reset. And just in the same way that we rip off the old calendar that used to hang on the wall in December of the previous year is gone and now we open up with January of a new year, it's kind of a reset. It's certainly a reset in our perspective. There are things that we do in January that we don't do in September. There are things that we do in the beginning of a year that we don't do in the summer, in the middle of a year. And so as we make plans, as we pray, as we seek the face of the Lord and we start this series called Reset, the title of message one in this series, and I'll be preaching all five of these this month, five Sundays in January, and I'll be bringing these to you, and then we'll be doing a shared series between us and the rest of the preaching staff here at Victory in the month of February, so I'm excited about that. But the title of the message this morning is called Windshields and Rearview Mirrors. Windshields and Rearview Mirrors, and that'll make some sense later in the message as we begin to approach the material. But the title of the text that I'm using this morning is found in Isaiah chapter 43. It's a favorite passage of mine. The prophet is speaking to the covenant people, and he basically lists all of the accomplishments and the victories that God has done in defense of and in blessing of the covenantal people. And he, he lines all of that out in, these, in this chapter of Isaiah 43, and he comes to verse 18, and he says, but forget all of that. Forget all of that. Another translation says, do not recall the things of the past. Forgetting the past, another translation says. Forget all of that, he says. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Now, 2021 in God's economy is no different than 1617 or uh, 1894, any number of dates, certainly, because God dwells outside of time. God is in the eternal now. Uh, the calendar that we look at gives us an opportunity to be able to look at things from a fresh perspective, from new opportunity, a fresh start, a new beginning, so to speak. And so this morning as we look at this, he says, forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. From I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And it goes on with lots of poetic description, talking about how God is going to redeem and bless and protect and defend and guard and guide the people of God. He says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, notice that he's talking about not spending too much time looking backward, but focusing on what is forward. Forget what I've done before, because it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do in front of you. And so I liken that to this idea of driving in the car on a trip. Have you ever noticed how 
you have this wide windshield, but then you have this small thing mounted in the top middle of it called the rear view mirror. It's what gives you the ability to take a glance and look behind you. And I think it's important that we note the proportions between those two things. Where we're headed deserves far more attention, a wider glare. Where we are coming from determines and actually deserves far less attention, and it's a quick glance into the mirror behind us, into what's happening, a look at our past, a remembrance of things that have taken place. In the very same way that the windshield is a good 50 times the size of the rearview mirror, that should be the proportion of our attention on what we're looking forward to and not dwelling on the past. Luke 9 says, He that takes hold of the plow and looks back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I don't want to take a long time digging into that. Just It was just sort of an extra that came to me this morning as I put the finishing touch, touches on this message. But the idea is that you can't plow a straight line if you're looking backward. You've got to focus on something ahead of you and certainly not a moving target. There was an illustration one time about uh, a, an old farmer who was training his son to be able to take the, the farm and he wanted him to plow the fields. And he, when he looked and saw what the son had done on the tractor, he said, son, this is not going to work because his rows were all over the place. He said, son, I told you to get your eye fixed on an object in front of you. And he said, what were you looking at? He said, the cow. Well, the cow moves. And if you're looking at something that's moving, a moving target, then you're not going to plow straight. And certainly if you spend your time looking backward, you're not going to accomplish anything with the plow in front of you. He that takes hold of the plow and looks backward is not fit for the kingdom of God, is what it says. It isn't as much about looking back as what you're looking back at. Because there are times when the scripture tells us that we are to remember and to recall. And so this morning, I, I teach... I use a teaching tool that I call One Thing. And actually, it's not original from me. I learned it from another great preacher that has been an inspiration to me, Andy Stanley. The One Thing is an idea that I repeat. It sums up what I'm going to bring to you in the message, and I will say it over and over and over so that when you walk away from this, at least you have that. If you don't get anything else, you get the One Thing. And the One Thing for today's message is we look backward to thank God. We look forward to trust God. Let's get that again. Look backward to thank God. Look forward to trust God. If you're in your living room, if you're uh, listening as you're driving, just say this with me one more time. Look backward to thank God. Look forward to trust God. Let's bow our hearts together for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people today through this virtual service. Thank you for the blessing of technology. Thank you for the people of God in victory and those that are listening and observing here in the U.S. and other locations around the world. We pray, Lord, as this new year opens, that we would uh, bring the perspective of the song that Sydney sang, Jesus be the center of it all. Be the center of my life. Be the center of your church. Uh, Lord, in, in everything that we do from beginning to the end, Jesus be the center. Let us reset and let us be recentered with you at the very vortex, Lord, of all that we're attempting to accomplish. Jesus be the center. We ask you today to let the Holy Spirit move and penetrate our hearts and bring understanding.
to these important principles of what it means to get a fresh perspective, what it means to reset. We've all struggled. We've, some of us have lost friends and loved ones to COVID-19. Lord, uh, there's, there's, there's grief. Lord, there's just confusion still as to what is before us. But God, we intentionally look forward in faith to trust you. We look backward this morning to thank you. We ask you to help us. It is because of Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. If it weren't for him, I don't know what we would do. We ask you today to bless this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. The Bible is a book about restoration. From Genesis to Revelation, the whole idea is consumed with one person that is coming, one who does come, and he redeems humanity and then begins the process of restoring everything that was lost. You remember the story in the garden, Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, those first three chapters opening the first book of the Bible. Literally, it shows us that God formed us. Sin deformed us. The Bible informs us, and Jesus transforms us. I'm going to give that to you one more time. God formed us in his image with purpose and intention. Sin entered because of bad choices and deformed us in our character radically down to the very root of who we are. Everything affected. Theologians call that depravity. Doesn't mean that we're utterly in every respect uh, depraved, but it means every part of us has been touched by sin. And thank God that we are not lost in that place. I mean, yes, we are lost, but because of Jesus, we don't have to stay lost in that place. The Bible was written to inform us, and Jesus has come to transform us. This morning, as we take a glance into the rearview mirror on the trip that we're taking, I want to give you two principles, very simply, review, and the second one is renew. If we're going to reset, if we're going to get a fresh perspective, then I believe it's important that we take a moment and review. There's a lot that has happened in 2020. I remember the year starting and so many pastors preaching great, big, huge, visionary words and 2020 is going to be the year of double vision with the correlation of 2020. And yet nobody that I know of, I have great respect for a number of solid prophetic ministries, apostolic prophetic ministries, And nobody had a clue about this virus that would hit us. There was no inkling of any kind of of a warning of something that was coming on the scale that came. I, I believe that the idea of 2020 vision actually was restored to us. I think that the quarantines, the the awareness of the importance of of using wisdom and at the same time walking in faith has brought back to all of us an appreciation for things that we took for granted. Being able to just gather with friends, being able to enjoy a handshake or a, a, a good hug. I, I, I'm unashamedly a hugger. I mean, man, if you, if you want to be hugged, I'll give you a good one. If, you, if you don't, you're not up for that and you want a handshake, I'll give you a good one of those too because I enjoy that. I, I, I love the camaraderie. I love the fellowship. I, I love being with brothers and sisters of like precious faith, as the Apostle Peter said. And so this morning, as we review, we want to look back for a moment. When we review something, when a teacher reviews in the classroom, he or she will rehearse the material that has gone over to prepare the students. 
<coughs> excuse me, for an exam that's coming. You review the past in preparation for the present and for the future. To review means to also to go back over. There's some Old Testament Bible words that we're to remember. There are things that we don't forget. Deuteronomy 8.18, Moses was preparing the children of Israel for what was in front of them to possess the promised land. A generation behind them had died in the wilderness and he says, you're going to get into the promised land and you're going to be blessed, hills flowing with milk and honey, silver and gold, copper in those hills. He says, and I'm telling you, he said, you need to remember, do not forget that it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth. Don't get over there in your blessing and think, look what I have done. Look how hard I've worked, looked at all that I've accomplished by my own talent, my skill, my ingenuity, the sweat of my brow, because I'm the one who gave you the talent, I'm the one who gave you the ability, put the breath in your lungs, gave you the motivation to accomplish what you have at this point. Yes, you have a part. Yes, you've worked, but it's my favor upon you that's brought the blessing. Don't forget that. Remember that. There's some things that we want to review, but there's a balance between remembering the things that God challenges us to remember and then dwelling on the past, particularly the mistakes, the failures, the bad choices, the sins, the addictive patterns of behavior. Some of you have opened 2021 with a number of ideas of things that you want to accomplish and change. And let me just remind you of this. You will never change by focusing on what's wrong, but you will change by focusing on what's right in front of you. Somebody said one time that my worship from God is not based on my righteousness, but based on God's goodness and his holiness. If it was about whether I was good enough to do it, there would never be a possibility of that. But God is so good and God is so great. He's greater than any mistake I have ever made. And he's worthy of my worship and of my praise. Look what the word of the Lord says in Psalm 103. It's a favorite passage of mine. The King James says it this way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and bless his holy name. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. This is what it says in the NLT. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And may I never forget the good things he does for me. And notice he lists five things here. This is the psalmist. He's giving us the picture of what grace is. Five in scripture is the number of grace. God graced us with five, the, the, the five-fold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are called grace gifts. God blessed Joseph and he blessed his younger brother Benjamin. Benjamin, when he was revealed, was given five portions more than the other brothers. And the multitudes of places in Scripture where five literally speaks of God's grace. This is five things he does. Number one, he forgives all my sins. I'm thankful for that. There's nothing that you've done in the past that God has been caused to love you any less there's nothing that you can do that will make him love you anymore. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our sins from us. Our transgressions is what the King James says. Recognize this, that if God has forgotten about it, why do you keep recalling it? 
There's some things you don't need to remember. You don't need to keep recalling or dwelling on the past. <coughs> he forgives all my sins, the second one, and he heals all my diseases. You know, salvation is not just for the spirit or the soul, but it's also for the body. God doesn't want to leave anything in us broken. He wants us to be people that are whole in spirit and soul and bodily, mentally and physically and spiritually and financially and relationally and all of those things. He heals because he forgives first and then he heals my diseases. Next in verse four, he says, he redeems me from death. When you redeem something, you pay the price for it. When you have a, a coupon and you're redeeming that, that product with that coupon, you're redeeming, you're, you're buying it, you're purchasing it, or somebody's purchased it for you. The scripture says that the church has been redeemed by his own precious blood. He forgives us, he heals us, he redeems us from death. The next one is he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He literally puts a crown on my head of his great love and his mercies upon us. Oh, if it weren't for the mercies of God, I, I would be in a sinner's hell this morning. None of us is deserving. It's because of his mercy that we're even alive. I'm so grateful and thankful for God's love and his mercy that he's poured out upon us. He says he crowns us with love and tender mercies. And then the fifth thing is this, five being grace. He forgives, he heals he redeems, he crowns, and then finally, he fills my life with good things. He forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he fills. God doesn't want to leave you empty. He wants to satisfy the desires of your heart. As a matter of fact, the scripture says in the, the Psalms, he says, God delights in the prosperity of his servants. He wants to bless, and every desire that you have, there is a legitimate answer to that in the kingdom of God. He says, my youth is renewed like the eagles. All those five things are listed and the King James says it this way, so that, which indicates purpose. It indicates intention. He forgives me, he heals me, he redeems me, he crowns me, he fills me so that my life is renewed like the eagles. Now remember this morning that we are looking backward to thank God. We're looking forward to trust God. That's our one thing. You know what, if, if, you, if you're not walking in a spirit of gratitude as 2021 opens, just stop for a moment and think about these five things. God's forgiven your sins. He's healed your diseases. He has crowned you. He's redeemed you. He has filled you. All of that is so that he can renew. He can give you a fresh start, give you a new perspective. We look backward to thank God. We look forward to trust God. Now, I want to just take one second and, and pay a little bit of attention on this issue of some things we, we intentionally move on from. We, we glance in the rearview mirror, but we glare in the windshield. We are looking forward to what is in front of us. This is what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3. <coughs> he said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past... And looking forward to what lies ahead. Hear that. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I think it's obvious that we can't dwell so much on the mistakes we've made, the, the addictive patterns that have held us, 
the bad choices that we entered into. Now, you, you don't want to keep doing that. You don't, want, you don't want to stay on a treadmill of sin. You don't want to be bound in chains of a pattern of thinking or behavior. But when you, when you come to God for a fresh start, the scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Paul says, I forget the past and I look forward to what lies ahead. I believe that's not only forgetting the bad things, but it's forgetting the pride that comes with the accomplishments of the good things. Because we've made some good decisions. We've made some good choices. We've accomplished some goals. There's not anyone listening to me who hasn't had a smattering of both. Some bad choices and some good choices. Some triumphs and some failures. That's a part of life. And too often we are afraid of failure. But when you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, God will even turn your failure into a lesson. He will redeem it and give you something that will equip you for your future. Now that's an amazing idea. Paul goes on to say, I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I'm pressing forward. My focus can't be on what used to be. My focus can't be on what I failed yesterday. My focus can't be on all that I accomplished 20 years ago and how great it was in the glory days. As a matter of fact, that's what the, the, the prophet was writing to. All of the wonders that you saw, forget about all that because it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. What is our one thing? Look backward to thank God. Look forward to trust God. My second and my final point this morning is that we review first and then we renew. Once we've looked back and we've, we've begun to foster an attitude of gratitude and we, we look with honesty and accountability to where we've missed it and we say, God, thank you for your strength to overcome that. Lord, to make a better choice when I'm faced with that decision again. We renew, and in that renewal, this is the word of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. This is probably a cornerstone passage of the New Testament. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Man, that's amazing. You, you come to Christ, you confess him as Lord and Savior. You look around, nothing looks different. There might be a, an awareness of something that's changed, a, a different feeling, a different perspective. Certainly uh, the weight that was upon you now is gone. I remember when I truly came to Christ at nine years old and I went home that night and my folks asked me how I felt. I said, I feel like somebody's run a bottle cleaner all the way down in me and pulled it out and cleaned me out. I was nine. I, had, I didn't have a great big long laundry list of sin in my life. You know, other than maybe back talking my parents once in a while. You know, I, so there wasn't a whole, I was a church boy. I grew up in church. But yet I knew that something had radically, dramatically changed on the inside of me. A weight had lifted. Something had shifted in my spirit and in, began to change in my thinking and in my mind. This is where we need to approach the idea of coming to God with a fresh, renewed spirit. David, great example of a king whose heart was toward God, but yet he has a history of not always making the right choices. He was 
not with his army in the spring of the year when most kings go out to war. This is recorded in the prophet Samuel. And he's standing in the balcony or the roof of the palace and he overlooks and sees a, a UFO, an unclad female object. He sees beautiful Bathsheba bathing. First of all, I want to know what she bathed on a rooftop for. But he saw her and he began to lust after her. And you know the story. If you haven't, it certainly can read it in, in the scripture. But he calls for her to come to him and they, they have relations and she ends up getting pregnant and David actually institutes a plan to, to kill her husband Uriah because he wouldn't come in from battle and go and spend the night with his wife. David was doing everything he can trying to cover his own tracks, his own sin, his own bad choices. And it all came out in the end. And the scripture says in Psalm 51, this is a great, great passage of repentance. It's a passage of renewal. David lists the greatness of God and how he was just and right in his, in his judgment of him. But he says, you desire honesty from the womb. He says, from my mother's womb, I was born a sinner. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Verse 7 of Psalm 51, he says, purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Verse 8, oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me and let me rejoice do not keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Here it comes in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. King James says a right spirit. Loyal means loyal to the things of God. Loyal to the commandments of the Lord. Loyal to righteousness. Loyal to honor. David knew that he had sinned. He made the decision to turn his heart back to God, to confess it and to say, Father, I have sinned against you and I have sinned against your people. And he said, God created me a clean heart and renew a right, a loyal spirit within me. And I want to say to you this morning as I close this message right now, every one of us needs to forgive 2020. There were things that occurred this year that blindsided all of us. I'd like to think that everybody just did the very best that they could trying to make it through. And you know what? Even if you really can't say that, even with a, 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 an honest and accountability, you, you, you don't say, well, I, I did the best I could. There were some times I just didn't even try. You know what? Regardless of that, we're not here to dwell on the past. Forgive 2020. Forgive yourself because God has already chosen to remove that from you as far as the east is from the west. Do you know, long before there were ever any astronomers that proved the directions of north and south and east and west, before anyone ever came along and actually proved scientifically, these guys poetically and prophetically understood and wrote, they didn't say as far as the north is from the south. Because you know, you can go so far north that you will eventually start going south again. But east and west are infinitesimally removed from each other. You, if, you, if you start going east, you're always going east. You never are turning around going west again. So the scripture says, as far as the east is from the west, so far God has removed our transgressions from us. Forgive 2020. Forgive those who hurt you. Don't carry resentment and grudges and bitterness into 2021. Get rid of the baggage. I chuckle this week as 
one of the young couples in our church asked <coughs> if parents and grandparents had put some superstitions on them about the new year. She'd always been taught, her grandmother had said that you always take out all the trash, all the laundry has to be washed as you go into 2020. You don't take any junk, any trash, any garbage, and any dirty laundry with you into the new year. And she was laughing about it, thinking that, you know, it's something that they always did, she had to keep doing, but she didn't want to be superstitious about it. And you know, I think there's a great principle in that, not that taking the garbage bag out to the, to the curb or necessarily doing a great big huge load of wash is, is the answer, but I believe there's a spiritual principle there. We shouldn't take any trash, haul it into the new year out of the old. We should wash the dirty laundry, go before God the way David did and said, create in me a clean heart. Some of you need to forgive yourselves because God's already forgiven you and he's not holding it against you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing men's transgressions against them. Folk, if God's not keeping a record, why are we? Forgive 2020. Forgive yourself. We need to glance back for the purpose of thanking God at what we have lived to see. We need to glare forward for the purpose of of trusting God for all that he is going to accomplish because he says, forget all that was because it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe 2021 is going to give us opportunities like we've never seen before. I believe it's gonna give us fresh faith and fresh fire and fresh perspective and a fresh awareness of the presence of God. I've opened the word again yesterday and started a fresh read through in 2021 and committing to be before the Lord in prayer, lifting up the people of God in victory and the people in the delta in this community and folk who look to us around the country for some spiritual leadership and guidance. We love you and we are praying for you and we're thankful for the goodness of God that is before us this year. Nothing compares to what God is going to do in our lives. If you have heard this message today and there's anything that responds, that resonates in this that says, Pastor, those are encouraging words, but I need a reset. I need a reboot. Like on your iPhone, you have a factory reset where it just wipes it all clear and you get a fresh start. Scripture says in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, in the message, it says it this way. He that is united to Christ gets a fresh start. You know something? There's nothing significant about a new calendar year because we can have that every Sunday. There's Sunday's the first day of the week. We can have a fresh start. Better than that, it's not just about going to church and getting a fresh start. It's new every day, a sunrise, a sunset. The blessings of God that come on a daily basis. Scripture says in the book of Lamentations that his mercies are new every morning. It's like God wipes the slate clean and you get, you get an awareness of grace. So in this new year, in this fresh start, in this review and renew, I pray for you today that the words that I speak penetrate any guilt, any shame, any unforgiveness from the past. Carry out the trash. Wash the laundry. Don't carry it into 2021. Let's begin with a new perspective. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to bring a word of hope 
I ask you that you would let it be planted deeply like seed into the soil in the hearts of your people. Thank you that we only have this hope because of Jesus. We know that God formed us in his image, that sin deformed us, and the Bible informs us, but Jesus comes to transform us. And right now, in your name, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around your people. Just pour out your love into them. Let them know, Father, as they look back and thank you for your mercy, for your goodness, for your grace. But Lord, with a fresh perspective that we look forward to trust you in 2021. Touch the hearts of your people. Lord, I believe there's someone under the sound of my voice that is standing at that line of faith, ready to step across. And very simply, all you have to do is this, is just to say, cry this, these words out. The Bible says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I would say to you, just say, Jesus, save me. I trust you. I believe this morning that you died for my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I turn from my past. I turn to you in faith. Be Lord of my life, I pray. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, amen. Beloved, we love you. We wish you a happy, prosperous, blessed, healthy 2021.